You're listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals. Hello, everyone. This is Liz Harvey coming to you from our studios in New York City, where we are dedicated to bringing you top-quality advice from many of the leading expert professionals across the U.S., In today's episode, we are speaking with chiropractor Dr. Greg Rubenstein and yoga instructor Deb Flaschenberg. Dr. Rubenstein is the founder of 57th Street Chiropractic, located in the heart of Midtown Manhattan, where he has been practicing since 1993. He specializes in pediatric and family care. And Dr. Rubenstein is a longstanding member of the International Chiropractic Pediatric Association. He has been serving as vice president of the New York Chiropractic Council. For his hard work and dedication, he was selected as the recipient of the Beacon Award, which is the highest award given by the New York Chiropractic Council, also known as the Chiropractor of the Year for New York State. He has also done extensive work in Ethiopia, bringing pediatric chiropractic care to impoverished children. And Deb Flaschenberg is the founder and director of the Prenatal Yoga Center in New York City, which she started in 2002. She is a certified prenatal yoga teacher, Lamaze Childbirth Educator, Labor Support Doula, and Mother of Two. Deb also completed her Pelvic Floor Yoga Teacher Training with Leslie Howard in 2017. And in 2016, she started the podcast Yoga Birth Babies. Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic, combining prenatal chiropractic and yoga for an easier pregnancy. Hello, Dr. Rubenstein and Deb. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's really great to be here with you guys as well, and uh, I'm really honored to have Deb with us. Um, We've been working together uh, a little bit more in the past year, and uh, I'm just glad to have an expert like her joining us on the call today. Well, I'm I'm excited excited to chat with you. Yay. So let's get started. Okay. Let's start by describing what prenatal yoga is, what it is like for someone who has never tried it. And could you walk us through a typical prenatal yoga class or or session? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to speak from the methodology that I created because I don't, you know, every type of yoga is going to be a little different. So I'll speak on what I created. Now, I also created it because of my own experience as a doula, a Lamaze teacher, but really also because of my own first birth, which I was a little surprised. I thought it would be easy. You know, I'm like, this is what I do. My baby mm-hmm. should just walk right out. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it didn't. It took about 42 hours. And so what I learned from that experience is the importance of a balanced pelvis and balanced pelvic ligaments. And as chiropractors, I'm sure you guys can totally understand that. So my methodology is really about creating more function in the body. So that's how I approach my class. So we start every class with what I call circle time, and that's where we check in with the students. So I want to hear their name and how far along they are, whatever aches, pains, and issues they bring to class that day. And that's how I decide what needs to be done in class. I don't want to come with this idea of like, oh, we're going to be doing squats, and then half the class saying, oh, my baby's breech or placenta previa. So it's really based on the needs of the students. And then we usually do some sort of restorative just to get connected to the body, the breath, really turn the mind off of everything on the outside world. And then I start, I bring them out of that, and I always have some sort of theme. And it tends to be childbirth educated related. And 
from my background as Lamont's teacher, I find when we can interweave these themes in class, it can be a really impactful, digestible way to learn about childbirth. Because many times when people sign up for their childbirth ed classes, it can be kind of nerve-wracking, like, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to learn everything. And when we can interweave it in a really casual way, I think it really can hit home and make it a little deeper. So then we start the class kind of warming up. And then from there, it's a typical yoga class with focus on balancing the pelvis, the pelvic ligaments. I take a lot of the, I'm not sure if anyone's heard of spinning babies. It's a methodology to help um, fetal alignment. And so we interweave that through the, the asanas. But we also have um, a fair amount of time at the end where we focus on the pelvic floor and on balancing the pelvic floor. I think too often people are told when they're pregnant, oh, you know, just do Kegels. And while they have their place, oftentimes it can leave someone too engaged in their pelvic floor. So we spend a fair amount of time in class focusing on balancing your pelvic floor. Does it need tone? Does it need release? We also do a section of class where we work on the transverse abdominis to have to train those muscles because they can be incredibly important for pushing the baby out or for healing on the other side of the surgical birth. And then we end with some restorative poses. So it's a 90-minute class that resembles a typical yoga class. You know, we do our warrior poses and our down dogs, but with a lot of awareness of the modifications that are needed for the anatomic and physiological changes of the pregnant body and really how can the yoga support a functional birth. So that is our typical class. Great. Well, thank you for that explanation. So now for Dr. Rubenstein. We know that there are many different techniques that chiropractors use to treat patients with different conditions. Can you describe the techniques used to treat pregnant women? Absolutely. So the primary technique that we're going to use with the expecting mom is the Webster technique. And it's a specific um, chiropractic analysis that really analyzes and looks at the sacrum and adds diversified adjustments in, into the mix. And the goal of the adjustment is to reduce the effects of sacral subluxations or misalignments, um, which is typically associated with sacroiliac dysfunction. And in doing so, we can kind of work on the um, the function and the alignment of the pelvis. And the pelvis is really designed for a lot of mobility. Um, there's a lot of movement that occurs in it, and particularly during the birth process, um, the pubic symphysis is going to spread, the SI joints, it's really important that they're, they're moving well. Um, so when they get turned out or they get locked up, it affects the way the soft tissues work in the pelvic floor. So the Webster technique will basically unlock the sacrum and the sacroiliac joints and relax the ligaments of the pelvis, particularly looking at um, to work on the ligaments um, that attach to the uterus. So we have the uteral sacral ligament, the round ligament, um, and the broad ligaments, which basically suspend the uterus inside the pelvis. And if we can get all that balanced and those ligaments relaxed, it will allow for the most expansion um, during the actual birth and facilitate that, but also by relaxing the ligaments that actually attach to the uterus, it relaxes the uterus and it keeps it in, I guess, the best way to describe it is the most open position where there's the most room for the baby to flip and turn. Um, and so it's really a specific technique that just analyzes the sacrum and uses some gentle drop techniques and some techniques to relax the ligaments. And when everything's relaxed and easy, it just supports an easier birth. And all the research shows if you do 
the Webster technique up and through delivery, it usually results in shorter delivery times and less need for interventions and less pain. So a lot of moms will come to our office, you know, seeking relief from, you know, lower back pain or pelvic discomfort. But in addition to that, we offer the Webster technique all the way through, not just to alleviate symptoms, but to help facilitate, you know, the mom for an easier pregnancy and an easier birth. Can I pop in and say something about that? I, I did that with my second, and I really, I really credit the reason that the Webster technique to literally six minutes of pushing my second one out. I, I tell all my students about. I think the combination of the Webster technique and the yoga for so many people can, as Dr. Greg was saying, align, you know, soften the uterus. When the baby is well positioned in there, and the power of the uterus pushes baby down, it's just more functional. And so these, I just cannot speak highly enough about the, the Webster technique. It is just so imperative for pregnant people. Excellent. You know, Deb, so, that's really great. And uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Liz, but, you know, <laughs> um, just for anyone listening, Deb did a really awesome podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was uh, like July 23rd or something that she talked about the pelvis. Um, and I, when I watched that, Deb, I was just like, this girl is practically a chiropractor. So that was really <laughs> empowering and, and a great one. And I highly recommend anyone listening to, you know, check out Deb's podcast, um, especially that one, because it's really apropos to what we're speaking about. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Well, this is the, the perfect combination we have on here today. So thank you both. And it's it sort of leads right into the next question that I have for you both is, for women complaining about low back pain, swollen legs, and other discomfort, could a combination of prenatal chiropractic and prenatal yoga help them feel more comfortable throughout their pregnancy? I'm going to give a big resounding yes. <laughs> I'll just say yes. I'll go more into it. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the lower back pains. When I have students come in talking about lower back pain, and that was really the number one, reason, number one issue that most pregnant people have sometimes throughout their pregnancy, especially because when we look at the pregnant spine, as the belly gets bigger, all the curves exaggerate. The lumbar gets more swayed. The upper back gets more kyphosis. The chin sticks out. I call it the chicken neck. Um, you know, so all of that contributes to a compressed lower back. So I'll try to figure out where they're feeling the lower back pain. Is it just a general lower back, most likely the QL, the quadratus lumborum, or is it more isolated at the sacroiliac joint? So if it is, if they're, and I'll ask them, especially now that we're on Zoom and I can't get my hands on them, I'll say, you know, like, point to where you're, where you're feeling. And if they're showing me the SI, then I'm going to work on stability as well as releasing the piriformis, that muscle that goes from the sacrum to the greater trochanter. If they're just saying general lower back pain, then we're going to try to release that QL. We'll do, like, rocking cat-cow. That's when you get on all fours and you open your chest for cow without heavily dropping the belly. And then you round your back for cat. And then I've added what I call rocking cat cow, where you pull your hips back a little, and it really gives that nice stretch to the lower back. Um, down dog is great to do that, downward facing dog, will really elongate those curves of the spine. Um, but when they do tell me SI issues, we have to be mindful because some of the yoga poses can actually worsen it. You know, um, typical poses that are used in most classes like warrior one, that can actually draw one hip back further, more posterior, and the other one tipping anteriorly, which is going to uh, create that pain. So we have to make sure that we're understanding what the lower back pain is and then addressing that. And swollen legs, that's so common. That's so unfortunate, but so common. So movement helps, kind of moving the blood through. 
we can do some sort of legs up the wall or one I call the single leg drain. It's just one leg up the wall so the person can be on their side. But I also have a few things I remind them that they can do that's not yoga related. They can do compression hose. They make sure they hydrate. They do an Epsom salt bath. So, yeah, there's lots of things that when there's pain or discomfort that yoga can absolutely address. Okay. And if I can chime in a little bit, Liz, yeah. um, you know, really from a chiropractic standpoint of it, and you really, when you look at, you know, what they're doing in yoga, they're, they're moving. It's really about that mind-body connection and really kind of, I always kind of tell people, you know, yoga is kind of like programming the software, whereas a chiropractor is really going to be working on the hardware and making sure that everything is, is connected properly so the, the, the software can actually do its job and execute it. And by keeping these moms moving, um, you know, that does, you know, cause muscular contraction, which keeps pushing the blood flow and, and the venous return, which helps with the drainage and, and the swelling of the legs. Most moms, when they're in pain, and do these things, they stop moving around, and motion is really life, and that's what, mm -hmm. you know, keeps the, the spine healthy and every everybody moving, and then we use our, you know, some of the more traditional chiropractic techniques to um, kind of work with, with the spine and get pressure off the nerves, because when those curves uh, start to change, the center of gravity is moving forward, which loads the, the joints of the spine differently, so they get more likely to subluxate or misalign, and then that can put pressure and irritate the nerves, and that can make the muscles tighter. So it creates this vicious cycle that can keep going through. But if you keep stretching and moving them and you do the proper adjustments to get the pressure off the nerves, when you combine the two, um, I see excellent results. And most of the moms that have come to me that have been referred from the prenatal yoga centers are already moving, and they're more in tune and in touch with what we do. And we just seem to get great results with those referrals. So it's really been a, a wonderful relationship. And, you know, mm -hmm. we both kind of work with the same tribe. So it's been really a, a really nice match. And I, I've been grateful for the amount of referrals that we've been able to give back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. It's really our work complements each other because you have the same mindset about, you know, just trying to have the end result of a functional birth, align everything inside so that baby can come out more easily. Great. Okay. So now my next question, probably for Deb, for pregnant women who are not able to exercise the way they did before their pregnancy, can prenatal yoga provide a good workout? I think it can. I, again, I think it's how you address it. When I was first starting to do prenatal yoga, this was a while ago. This was back in like 2002. There wasn't a lot out there. And so and this is when I was still in my 20s, far away from having kids. I wanted to see what the types out there. And I, I saw some that were very strenuous. I found that were literally, it's like, they seem to approach pregnancy like the person is broken. And I don't, you know, you're not sick or broken when you're pregnant. You're just pregnant. So I think it's how one approaches. This, the methodology that I teach, we really do give a solid workout. Uh, I think yoga is, you know, different than a workout. But we definitely can find that balance between strength and a conscious stretch. We want to have that, that power of strength because we need to build that endurance because labor, no matter how you're approaching it, it takes endurance as does parenthood, which has more mental <laughs> endurance. So it definitely takes strengthening, and we do a lot of that. We do a lot of standing poses that can give strength. But it's also important to find conscious stretching, especially because we know that when someone's pregnant, they have all their hormones are so much juicier and everything's more lax. 
So when we stretch, we don't want to just do passive stretch. We're doing conscious stretch so we don't overstretch. So I think the combination of strengthening and stretching is a really great way to keep, keep strong mentally and physically. Excellent. Now, the next question, probably for both of you, could you please explain how receiving prenatal chiropractic care and participating in prenatal yoga throughout pregnancy can help women have an easier birthing experience? Oh, I love this question. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on that. So, oh, where to start? Right. So I think it's many, I think there's many things about um, prenatal yoga and having an easier birth experience. We touched on some of it already about aligning the bony pelvis, the soft ligament, the soft tissue, the ligaments, the pelvic floor. We talked about how we can use the abs for the pushing stage. So we know physically we can get the body there. You know, we can help align the body. So basically when the pelvis is aligned, we talked about how the uterus is aligned, baby can be better positioned that the function of the uterus during labor can push baby down. The smallest part of the baby's head opens the cervix. So that's just going to lead to... I don't want to use the word easier because having birth two kids myself and having been a doula for more than 100 births, I wouldn't say easy. I'll say functional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to lie and make people think it would be easy. Functional birth. But I think there's also something to be said for exploration of coping skills. And that's something we do a lot in prenatal yoga. I want them to purposely have sensation, safe sensation so they can explore what their coping skills are. It's one thing to do it in a childbirth class and just theorize about like, oh, I'm going to try this or I'll do this. But if we're actually uncomfortable, they can see what do they go to? Do they go to closing their eyes? Do they go to focusing externally? Do they go to making sound? We know that when the throat is relaxed, the pelvic floor is more relaxed. Do they go to mantras? So we have all of these coping skills that people can explore. And then that leads to confidence that they can go in not being terrified of what birth is about but feeling confident that they've got the skills to get them to wherever they need to go, as well as advocate for themselves. So that's where I think prenatal yoga can really be rich and juicy, that it's so much more than just than just asana. And we also learned, there's a study then years ago, that through this work of the prenatal yoga, we can raise the threshold of reaction. So where someone maybe two weeks into it was reacting three breaths into a pose, and then they build that endurance and they raise that threshold where now they're five breaths in or eight breaths in. So it's just so rich to approach birth and have the confidence and the skills and the body and mind ready to give birth. And if I may jump in a little bit on this yeah. one, you know, Deb, I love that you're always, you know, going with, with, with the headspace and that mind-body connection. And, and fear is a, is a big problem in, in a lot of the moms because sometimes, you know, they're at the OBGYN and they're like, well, if this baby doesn't turn by such and such a date, then, you know, we have to do a C-section. And, you know, we always tell our, our moms to be that, you know, you can't drop a baby when you're running from a tiger. If you're totally adrenalized and, yeah. you know, your body's in sympathetic overdrive and everything's tight, it's really hard, you know, you're not going to dilate, everything's going to get slowed down. And it's really important because the neuroregulation of the birth process is really what chiropractors try to affect by making those corrective adjustments and improving the connectivity or making sure there's no irritation to the nerves. So the signaling from the brain to the body, because as soon as that baby's ready to um, breathe oxygen, it's going to send a message up to mom's brain and that starts that neurological cascade. 
And if mm-hmm. the bone and the pelvis or things are out of alignment and irritating the nerves, could you imagine like if those messages from the brain aren't getting through clearly or, or they're distorted, it's going to slow down the birth, um, which is like they call dystocia, which is a slow labored birth. Um, usually in, in response to uterine constraint when they're, they're, the ligaments are tight and the mom is tight. So all those things, you know, come into play and, you know, a chiropractor and, you know, the prenatal yoga are addressing kind of the same things but using a different approach. So it's multifactorial in, in all that. So it's so important that, you know, we do the preparation and we get the moms prepared. But I love what you touched on about the fear because, you know, some of the moms, they're coming in, they're actually genuinely scared of, you know, oh, well, if this doesn't happen in such and such a time and, you know, I'm always telling them, look, you're not really breach until you're 37 weeks and breach, you know, they're coming in early and they're, they're already nervous. So I love that, you know, Deb is always working on their headspace and calming them down and I kind of work on the same thing. And, you know, since we're both mind-body um, practitioners, you know, it really just meshes up so well and giving the moms a great experience. And, and I know that more of them actually end up having the type of birth that they want when they're combining the two. So it works mm-hmm. really well together. Okay, great. Now, my last question, what are some prenatal yoga exercises pregnant women can do at home on a daily basis if they can't fit an entire class into their schedule? Oh, that's a good question because I will admit our classes are 90 minutes, so it is a bit of a commitment. Um, I'm quite a fan of Cat Cow, I was talking about that earlier, where we get on all fours and we work the spine. I especially like that when I was talking rocking Cat Cow and we draw the hips back. I also refer to that with the students. I remind them that, you know, babies are subject to gravity and the heaviest part of a baby is the back of their head and their spine. So when you get on all fours, the belly can be like a little hammock and we want that baby's spine anterior in the hammock of the belly. That is going to, again, help line up for a more functional birth. I also do something that I pulled from the spinning babies methodology. It's a forward-leaning inversion. Now, they teach it, um, spinning babies teaches it with knees on a couch. I do it a little bit differently where I have people have their feet pretty wide, maybe three to four feet wide, turn their toes slightly in to get that internal rotation, and then they bend their knees, lean forward, lift their sit bones up, and then their hands are on blocks in front of them. And then they're slowly trying to straighten their legs. So we get that internal rotation, which is going to widen the sit bones, lift of the tail to get this nice stretch of the pelvic floor. We also get the uterus gently pulling away from the pelvis so it can help balance the round ligaments. It can help with that, what Dr. Greg was talking about, that intrauterine constraint. That's one of my favorites. I tell people do that every day, about five breaths, five breaths per time. And then some restorative poses are really nice. There's one of my favorite called Supta Konasana. We'd want to incline the person to about 45 degrees so they're not flat on their back. And then with the feet together, knees apart, if they don't have SI issues, then they can wrap a uh, blanket or a towel or something underneath their shins or knees so their knees aren't flopping. And that's just a nice way to open up the front body as well as get some nice diaphragmatic breathing. That's good for the nervous system. It's good for the pelvic floor. So those are kind of my go-to, a little cat-cow, a little forward-leaning inversion, a little restorative, maybe there's neck and shoulder stuff. Um, but that's kind of a, that could be a 15-minute practice. Great. Well, that sounds very doable, and um, I really appreciate uh, all of the time and information you both provided today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. It's really great to be here with you again. 
And for our listeners across the country, if you are interested in speaking with Dr. Greg Rubenstein, you can either go online to www.chiropractormidtown.com or call 212-977-7094 to schedule an appointment. And to learn more about Deb, please visit her website at www.prenatalyogacenter.com. You can also find her on Instagram at at prenatalyogacenter. And on behalf of our entire team, we want to thank you for listening. And we look forward to bringing you more top-quality content from our country's leading experts. You've been listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals.